Hi, welcome back to Peripheral Thinking, a series of conversations I have with activists, advisors, entrepreneurs, all working on ideas from the margins, the periphery, because the ideas which are going to shape and inform the mainstream tomorrow are hiding there, hiding on those margins. In this week's uh, conversation, I I speak to Dan Burgess. Now, Dan is a really great and interesting guy, actually. I was uh, introduced to Dan's work uh, a couple of years ago now uh, by a friend and listener to the podcast, uh, Ben Davis. So thank you very much, Ben, for that uh, introduction. Dan is a super interesting guy. He was sort of into the environmental, ecological movement, kind of in a way what feels like 10 or 20 years before uh, many, many others coming out of a world of kind of music and art and advertising and design and research and all sort of things like that uh, has kind of popped into the hole uh, as he talks about in this conversation, actually pops into the the climate change hole around about 2006 and has kind of remained there ever since. Um, I'm really drawn to his work because it talks to many of the themes which kind of I'm interested in. It talks to the stories which underpin how we do what we do, why we do what we do, the need and importance of changing those stories. It talks to uh, the importance of connecting to the more than human world, which he makes really kind of clear and obvious, of course, reminds us that that more than human world is much more than our human centric world, uh, despite how that kind of may feel. Of course, we live in a we, you know, the lens through which we see the human bit of our world feels like the dominant, which of course it is the dominant, but it feels like it's everything. It feels like it's much more than it is. But in actual fact, you know, the human part of this world is minuscule. And a lot of Dan's work talks to that. Uh, in the process of um, arranging with Dan to come on the podcast, uh, I actually found myself signing up for one of his Unlearning Adventures, uh, which is going live in a few weeks' time from when I record this, which will be around about the end of end of April, early May 2023. And I'm sure if you're listening at another point, you know, do check out his stuff because uh, I'm sure there'll be something equally intriguing and curious and inspiring for you to jump onto then. Uh, but for now enjoy this conversation. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Dan, welcome to Peripheral Thinking. Brilliant to be here. Thanks for, thanks for inviting me in. No, no problem. No problem. Uh, so actually, uh, uh, we were just having a conversation before we started about podcasts and uh, podcasts, I think, is probably quite a good, good place to, a good place to begin. So you have a podcast. Uh, your podcast is called uh, Spaceship Earth. Is that correct? Yeah, that's it. The Spaceship Earth podcast. And it would be good to uh, kind of for you to sort of explain a little bit about what that is in a minute. But the one thing that was in my mind, I was listening to a conversation uh, that you had probably on your podcast uh, a little while ago. And you were talking about having created the podcast uh, at a time when you were kind of feeling quite a lot of burnout. Uh, and I was really curious about that, like the conversation we were just having, like whether, well, I guess the thing I was curious about is, was the podcast was a solution to feeling kind of burnt out or was just a kind of a sort of some sort of emergent contribution as a consequence of feeling burnt out? Yeah, so it's, uh, well, thank you for that. It's, good, it's a good question. And <laughs> podcast and burnout, there's a lot of, sorry, <laughs> so, um, bringing up, it's bringing up quite a lot for me at the moment. But um, no, I mean, it, yeah, I think, I think what um, you're referring to and I, it's 2018. I just I sort of started this this kind of podcast experiment, um, and it's always been 
as is most of the things that I tend to sort of find myself doing, are always, you know, with quite an experimental sort of um, attitude when I begin them. I don't tend to have massively, uh, I don't really have big visions for, the, for, for, for what I'm doing or I want some kind of outcome. I just sort of get drawn towards something and feel like I want to, you know, learn my way into something. And the podcast, you know, I, I, I sort of have quite strong sort of musical roots, I guess, in my in, in my life, I was sort of always into, always into audio. I loved audio, you know, as a kid. And, and I got into drumming. And then in the late 80s, I got into kind of raving and then got into sort of DJing, you know, and um, messed around. We've uh, started an internet radio station in the sort of early 2000s. And so I've always sort of really enjoyed audio, you know, as a sort of as a medium, I guess. And then in 2018 it was a kind of like a coming off about a decade of quite intense (laughs) experimentation that I had found myself uh, involved in around climate change sort of I'd sort of just I'd sort of fallen down a climate change hole in about 2006 and got very disturbed and 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 very curious in 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 the same way sort of both both sort of quite sort of fearful and curious to sort of keep up exploring and that netted out in yeah in again sort of 10 years of lots and lots of experimenting from sort of in, in kind of different ways sort of campaigning and creative activism and trying to work with organizations and working on the ground with people and again lots of experimentation and 2018 was a for me was a kind of time of burnout and, and that's happened a few times on my on my travels on this earth but that was a particular um time of just feeling just very drained from you know all kinds of sort of i felt like i'd learned a lot in 10 years in, in this 10 years a huge amount i mean unbelievable amounts of learning um but i felt as if you know the issues were just getting bigger and almost the the sense of understanding of the issues didn't didn't in, at least where i was in it didn't seem to it didn't seem still that we were getting any kind of sense of the of what again for me what sits under the problem of these issues because it's all that's i guess where i've ended up journeying with my work is what is actually going on underneath this stuff that's causing these issues um and so yeah and so i was like um i was i guess i was slowing down through having a bit of a a bit of a a bit of a wobble health-wise well-being wise and i'd been i was tired you know i've been doing a lot of outward based work you know lots of work trying to sort of bring groups together and do things that are gonna you know create change and um, that was very exhausting. So, so the podcast weirdly was sort of it was this kind of like, oh, I want to be doing something a bit more. I'm curious about audio again. I was curious about just doing something that didn't involve so much of my work. It involved me sort of trying to convene collaborations. I just wanted to do something I could just do on my own. <laughs> you know, just like I could just try. But also, as I say, what I what I was getting frustrated with, I guess, is is seeing also so so much kind of possibility happening always always on the ground always small groups of people always massively under-resourced uh, and I'm just draw- I was always drawn to that sort of that kind of stuff so the podcast started as well if I can have conversations with folks that I sort of see as sort of you know trying to find new pathways through through this I didn't think this at the time but what it turned out to be was a way for me to start making sense of what I'd been up to and for the decade before because I had just been running really really fast at at, at kind of change you know and so the conversations became the podcast became a way for 
weirdly for me to make sense of a lot of stuff that was in my head and in my body, sort of stuff that I think I'd been gathering over that decade and then actually starting to f- sort of figure stuff out through having conversations with others. And yeah, and so that's sort of how, I guess that was always my, and I could start to feel that, that the, the, the podcasts themselves, the conversations were, were really helpful for me, which is why I've never really focused too much on who's listening and, uh, you know, how popular are we? And, you know, I've sort of avoided those kind of metrics and just gone for, is this a generative process for me? Am I learning? Am I finding something? And then obviously as the podcast begins to get, you know, listeners begin to come around the podcast and it's great that other people are, are, are finding something in the, in the podcast itself. But yeah, that was the sort of, that was the kind of, the way in and why it became a bit of a way to, for me anyway, to sort of reflect on what had been going on for some years. That's brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. There's lots of interesting sort of stuff. And I know. So for my own, your, your podcast is also like a good sort of inspiration for me. I really, the way you kind of put them together, you clearly, you're, you're kind of feeling for music, you're feeling for audio, the feeling for kind of crafting experience. Like mine is like just a talking kind of vomit thing. Literally, we record it, it goes out. Yours is, it feels kind of, it feels crafted. And I know there's a, a kind of couple in particular, one in particular, I think conversation with uh, Phoebe, uh, Phoebe Tickle, that's right, we recorded outside it's just such an amazing sort of experience to kind of hear it there's an owl in there and like when I kind of hear those things it's like for me actually it was then a reminder for me oh right so for my own sort of um experimenting with this it's like oh no there is something kind of really kind of powerful that it's like you're really bringing nature right into the heart of the audio into the heart of the experience and that also was a kind of good prompt and reminder for me too oh that's it's, it's lovely to hear and it's so yeah I mean I did you know I, I mean Sometimes I'm, I'm that slight obsessiveness on the sort of creating something that feels there's a, there's something else going on in these episodes. It's you know that can also cause <laughs> that can add to the burnout. Uh, but which, but I but I'm always drawn to that. And I think I think also what I'm really interested by is that if there was a, a sort of underlying theme, I guess, in a lot of this inquiry, it is about our relationships with this wider living more than human world at least there's a there's a sort of thread that seems to run through the inquiries which is about that and so therefore you know and a lot of my my work over the years is increasingly trying to sort of explore a different form of relationship back with the living earth and and how we're you know how we are how we see ourselves in that relationship how we how we relate to others that's an integral part so you know if i had my way if i had the ability i'd I'd probably do them all outside you know what i mean because also what i recognize even just from a conversational point of view you know you can have some you can you can get into more interesting places when you know when we're out in our with our sort of more than human family in a wood or wherever it might be um something begins to happen you know something deeper i think starts to sort of we open up in in slightly different ways i think so i think you can have there's a, there's a conversation I think that you can have around a fire or in a wood or by a river or whatever it might be, where actually the the, the more than human world is is in some ways almost beginning to get involved in the conversation. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so yeah, I would I would you know that would be my go to place for every episode if I uh, had the time and and ability to do it. But um, <laughs> but I am trying to sort of you know bring a bit of that in. 
Yeah, for sure. I, I, I agree. I mean, it's super inspiring. I'm really keen to, to do that too. I'm curious about something you mentioned earlier. I want to, but, so what was it in 2006 that uh, was the sort of spark? The what, what happened in 2006? Yeah, well, it's kind of a couple, two, couple of things that were going on. I was, at the time, I was working in a full-time position with a, a little design research studio. And I'd come out of the music and I'd come out of following earlier breakdown <laughs> and, uh, I think to get you know to, I'd gone into the world of I guess into the world of you know starting to work with with the big organizations and the brands and come out of the kind of music scene and I started working with this this uh, research studio that used to do a lot of work with design research basically working with working with um, big big businesses big brands you know so they were sort of training me up in that kind of process and I and I guess I was bringing in this sort of like you know I'd been quite sort of on the roots of kind of music and technology and all that kind of cultural stuff uh, uh, for a long time. And so it was like, well, there was, there was like, no. So I, I ended up starting to work with Nokia a lot. It was, they, had a, they had a lot of um, work with, with Nokia, um, which is always funny when you, you know, when you talk about Nokia and obviously the, obviously the youngsters are like, what? Who's that? <laughs> what? Not, uh, really crap, crap mobile <laughs> phone company. They make wellies. And <laughs> yeah, well, well, the kids are like, I know to do those really shit phones, don't they? And you're like, well, no, yeah, they do. Maybe I do now, but they used to sort of like, they were the mobile phone, you know, and, uh, you know, I think they had about, and I was working with them. They had, a, I think, it was like sort of two billion handsets out in the in the world. You know, it was like, um, and um, and they used to do some really fascinating stuff. They were they were sort of exploring some really really important things because I think they had they had so much so much capital um, at that time that they were, and they were always quite sort of future focused in their sort of ex- explorations. And um, yeah, so I was doing a, doing a piece of work with them which was looking at like um this you know this potential idea of sort of conscious capitalism (laughs) you know and like that people are going to start sort of being aware of what they're buying and and during that piece of work through the desk research just started getting into more and more looking at climate change which you know of course was a thing that had been around for a long long time but it was still fairly under the radar and yeah, it just it 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 started a whole inquiry for me where I started to what I was starting to see was, and what I felt I was starting to understand. Well, this is enormous. This is a thing that is going to impact everything because of the fact that the way that we were sort of organising ourselves as a modern species was intimately entangled with how the living world it was breaking down. I mean, the two are completely interconnected, you know, it's like, a. so I, as I started to journey into that and discover more and more about that, and it was actually, it was actually a piece of work called the, the great acceleration, which was a research project, which you, you might've seen. And, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, it was a basically a, a research project that sort of charted kind of all the kind of socioeconomic impacts. I don't know, since the industrial revolution sort of charts, like all the kind of, you know, the development hockey stick curves of, of everything of this kind of, um, development of this kind of globalized way of being and and alongside it it charted the impacts on the earth system based on all of these socioeconomic um growth drivers that were happening and they're sort of they're like completely in sync it's like a it's like a it's almost they're mirrored so you see you know you see as as sort of development increases and so-called progress gets better and and spreads around the world these kind of growth-based material-based 
economic indicators you see in in stark chilling parallel you see that you see the earth systems depleting polluting breaking down and yeah and so you just you just very quickly sort of come to this conclusion that it's how we're living <laughs> you know what i mean it's not it's, it's it's how we've designed this and it's this relationship it's this it's this we've sort of built ourselves on top of a living earth and kind of figured out that that's okay because we can just sort of do stuff but you start to see that obviously we're we're completely entangled um and that's sort of what happened and then and then i just that's where i just started to go i just started to sort of think about well how what do i do in all of this and how do i work and all this and i just become a dad like my son had been born the year before and obviously the things like that are always like you know uh, so it was just this sort of perfect storm and i think as i say there's this weird thing there was a kind of like a real fear of what i was exploring but there was also a sense of i was being drawn towards going down that path i always say i fell down the climate change hole never really came back up because um, <laughs> you know once you that's the problem once you start once you start looking under the lid of this stuff it's like oh my god you know um and you either you either run off and uh, and then just deny that you've seen anything that you've seen or you keep lifting lids and thinking okay so how does that work then i remember reading uh uh, something by do you know the writer daniel pinchbeck i haven't read his stuff but i know the name but tell me keep, keep going well it was just i remember something that he kind of wrote once which is because it, it was talking about the sort of you know work and what was useful work or good work and he was sort of you know asking the question is the only useful work of our time work which is what in service of averting the kind of climate ecological environmental catastrophe that we're on and so you know that is really the only work and so if you're kind of not doing that we're going to appreciate that's totally hard because you know people are where they are and kind of navigating journey but just talking to your point of falling down the hole and then kind of remaining it kind of you know i think in a way if you do sort of look into that hole it's kind of difficult to step completely to come back out of that completely and go oh well fuck it i'm going to carry on doing this yeah it, it, it is and i and again it's there's no there's no right or wrong way of exploring this is there and and, and i guess the caveat you know to all of this stuff is like it's impossible we're, we're in these impossible times because you know this these structures and systems try and sort of you know put it onto the individual <laughs> or, or whatever but it's impossible you know it's impossible we've you know we've built this these structures these ways of organizing these ways of living are you know that we're, we're we're piped in to a, a system that runs on death i mean it's just it, it's, it's you know what sits underneath this economy is is death it's a death and oppression it's either death of the modern human world it's it's oppression of people and that's the problem it's been designed like that and again it's not a blame thing because probably at the time when we started doing this stuff you know it all kind of made sense you know with that story of of progress and whatever and lots of but the problem we have is that we're we're now in this situation where you know people call for you know this radical transformation of systems and and what have you but if you even if you think about it that even just to do the most basic things every day the destruction that sits under those basic things which has been hidden for so long that's the other thing a lot of this stuff was sort of hidden but the earth systems now are just you know i mean they're they're, you know they're breaking down because you can't keep hiding this right and we've seen the oppression of people and the marginalized and how divisive these structures and systems have been as well so it's all sort of 
it's like everything's kind of unraveling and springing up and you sort of like trying to like put you know to cover up the spring you know and say oh, oh no you know and it's like oh it's shit in rivers and then it's now it's like it's plastic in our blood and then it's like oh <laughs> you know like oh the air toxic air and then it's like people like you know being you know treated like in, in modern slavery to create things and it's just i mean it's endless you know and it's like whack-a-mole you sort of and it's uncomfortable right it's really uncomfortable because we don't know what to do but i do think it is uh it it's very hard because we keep sort of trying to at least i believe we keep trying to find a way to sort of rationalize the problem but the problem is relational it's how we relate to this to this living earth and to each other and, and even who we are you know our identities all of this stuff's all tangled up but i think it's that that's i think that's the level we're being called to start paying attention to one of the things I was kind of reminded of there as you were talking, again, was that conversation you had on your podcast with Phoebe, I think, and she was talking about, we can talk about system change and making the point that we are all part of the system. <laughs> and so quite often it's kind of easy to think about sort of change we might make out there or over there or in that place for those people in that thing. But actually, we are part of the system. We are all kind of nodes, agents. These are not her words. She was much more eloquent than me. But, you know, it's, we're all, we, we are all connect. We are all part of the system. And so... So in a sense, the change that is required in a way, and I know this came up in my conversation with uh, Jeremy Lent, uh, whose kind of book was also part inspiration for my own podcast, where he, you know, he was he was talking about those kind of the three, the three, uh, not kind of levels of change, but I guess the spheres of change, you know, here, the change starts here with me, the individual, and then there is a kind of community and then there is a kind of world beyond. And I think what you're, you know, what you're talking, this idea of kind of, in some form, it's about us and exists here and then it is about our relating to everything around us but this idea that in a way the transformation has to start here yeah and exactly i mean i think all these things are you can say they are back to the word entangled but they are deeply entangled you know how i how i relate to myself you know and then how i you know impacts how i then relate to those around me how i relate to you know the more than human world around me you know all, all those relationships then have some form of impact the metaphor I like to think, we're almost being asked to, to begin to learn to dance <laughs> with life in a much more kind of, yeah, emergent, embodied, experimental, uncertain way. And that, that's requiring whole new ways of new practices, new ways of, of knowing the world. I mean, I think it's that kind of level of shift, you know. Um, and then how do you do that? I mean, how do you do that when you're trying to feed your kids or, or you know, it's like we're, we're, we're so stuck. <laughs> Because the sort of shifts that are required require kind of, you know, support and encouragement and structure and scaffolding and, do you know what I mean, cooperation and space, time, things that this world is not built on, you know, it, with things which just are allergic to the story of modern progress. You know, and, that, and that work is going on everywhere. It's going on. Because I think there's this sort of sense that, you know, we, we, you know, we can move to these regenerative futures and, you know, all these kind of like beautiful visions of living with nature and stuff like that. And again, I'm, that's attractive to me. But to get there, there's a lot of stuff that we need to kind of, I believe, and I think many others do. There's a lot of stuff we've got to let go of. There's a lot of stuff we've got to kind of spend some time like finishing off and ending and there's a lot of that that's behaviors that's ways we've treated ourselves the ways we've treated others the ways we've treated the earth there's a lot of kind of like and this is why you know people go, oh god you're getting into sort of healing work but uh, that's this stuff's vital if we're going to actually find a way through 
that isn't going to just keep perpetuating the same kind of mistakes then we're into this messiness and and again modernity doesn't like messiness <laughs> it likes it likes slick fast order you know well there's certainly the illusion of slick fast right order. exactly right exactly exactly <laughs> and that's where i've gone really over the years is how do you bring in a more sort of inquiry based action learning kind of approach to to the work we're all doing so that we are working at that level at that at that depth as well as the sort of oh how do we fix the world out there you know let's change everything you know it's because there's a real well how do we you know get the get the bad guys you know the sort of that story of like the binariness of like it's all their fault you know but actually how do we how do we sort of build new practices where we're becoming more we're starting to understand how some of our own biases and assumptions and ways of treating people are part of the problem as well. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, I guess, you know, a couple of things that you sort of say there, which sort of catch me are, one, this idea, the kind of the need to kind of let go of things, and also something which kind of links in a roundabout way to this idea, something you were kind of were talking to, but I don't think mentioned explicitly, that kind of feeling of separateness, essentially. Uh, and both of those things, of course, talk to the kind of most kind of sticky parts of our human mind, don't they? Do you know what I mean? Like humans are, are you know, we're adding machines, we're just constantly adding shit, but we're terrible at stopping things. We're terrible at letting things go. So I think obviously it kind of feels actually deeply worrying to let go of things you know whether they are habits that might not be serving us whether they are relationships that might not be serving us whatever they might be you know we'll do any you know much easier to add something i'll add this book i'll add this idea i'll add this conversation way before i get into the kind of mess of like oh i'm going to stop doing something which just kind of which kind of touches i guess all of the insecurities which kind of sort of sit deep and so how you start to help people or how, how you kind of work on this idea of kind of letting go where letting go is a thing which we have sort of trained into us uh, you know an avoidance so kind of we've a sort of industrial complex of avoidance on letting go yeah i mean exactly i mean it's that's 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 the thing isn't it and that this is challenging challenging change because you know i don't want to speak for the we but it's clear to me and my own experiences and and working with other people that you know we're again in this in where we are today so much of how we've gone about building these lives these systems these ways of being on you know in these times are sort of again quite rational they're in the head do you know what i mean and i think i think we're all carrying a hell of a lot of uh complex you know lots of kind of stuff in our bodies which again you know the letting go piece is there's a lot that ev- i think everybody is carrying and to different degrees obviously some some folks have have have, have, have you know this story of separation you're speaking to you know there are a lot of people that have really you know have suffered the most of the from the story of separation are often have been the most marginalized in this story right or there's a there's a there's a lot that people are carrying and 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 to how to again i come back to sort of way ways of of how we do this kind of work because we can't think our way into letting go that's the you know what i mean we ha- i mean there's a bit of there's some of that going on but ultimately there has to be we have to start working in a more embodied way to actually let go of some of these you know some of these things that we're carrying which again are sort of just keeping us kind of stuck 
in this in this loop because there's all kinds of stuff that comes up there's there's the sense of letting go of identity right we look at the kind of the story of success in this culture you know of productivity and accumulation and getting ahead and many of us you know myself i put myself in that you know i was born in the 70s you know the, the culture i grew up in was all about you know into the 90s all about just get ahead you know just get ahead just beat every you know win and and so you know you have identities that have been formed over these over these decades right and now we're basically saying well what if that what if that identity is you know is actually part of the problem right it's what's it's part of why we're so stuck because we've invested everything in this story <laughs> you know our friendships i mean it can i think it gets that deep you know so i think there's a the letting go piece which brings me back to you know working with the natural world as a big kind of ally in all of this um and a, and a unifier potentially in terms of a, a, of of those relationships that we might start to those practices that we might start to use and develop with the living world is at least for the teachers that i've worked with and my own experience practices are really valuable support and mentor almost for for letting go <laughs> you know because uh, because we can start to see there is a lot more intelligence maybe than we had been led to believe you know which i think is why we hold so tightly to a lot of these stories and ideas and beliefs because we're we're scared we just can't we're not sure there is anything else yeah it's like fuck if what happens i'll sort of exactly. disappear into oblivion it, exactly <laughs> and i think that's also a really interesting point because we have this sense that you know this this civilizational story i mean surely that surely this is it what do you say what do you say we have to stop that you know it's like this idea that there's nothing that this is it and like somehow this you know four billion years of evolution it's got to this and it's like this is the pinnacle and how can we possibly imagine any other thing apart from net zero our way to a different type of the same thing that doesn't cause damage and i think that's another part of the the puzzle that this the need for this more expansive view of of what else might be possible. I mean, I like what you're saying that this, the, the kind of the, the working with, uh, what's the phrase you use about the non, non-human? Because I'd rather just say nature. What was that? The more, the more than human world. And, and I think the, the idea, actually, when you were talking about that, the kind of the, the thought which was sort of coming up for me was actually, yeah, in a way, it's actually quite reassuring. Like, it's a kind of great leveller, isn't it? Because we were talking about sort of stories of growth, for example. And obviously, we live in a culture, you know, here in the West, where everything, this story of growth runs so deep and sort of everywhere. Yet, the thing that's always sort of struck me really peculiar around that is, of course, if I look out my window, like nothing grows forever. Uh, And aside from the sort of destruction, which is being kind of, you know, wrought on the earth because of this idea of growth, I think also in a way, like particularly, like, so my background is running my own company and that you know in a world like not dissimilar to one you were articulating from kind of back in 2006 times and like if you just think about kind of people who are running their own companies right small companies not talking big companies people who are really just trying to do the work which is kind of enjoyable or meaningful to them so we're so kind of um sort of wrapped up this kind of story of, of growth so kind of present so everywhere and so on the one hand like i say that those stories are really hugely destructive because of the behavior it kind of causes 
but also in a way those stories are the causes of huge anxiety and um, kind of nervousness and loneliness and all those things because in a way you're being asked to create your work uh, or you know build a build a castle on sand essentially because nothing grows forever so not only is it hugely damaging for the world around you it's also kind of creating this real illusion which I think in many ways is a is a source of huge anxiety and when you sort of talk around then the kind of more more than human world actually you can feel how that would be kind of calming for people in a way oh actually I can let go of that because actually there is this which feels much more kind of grounding feels much more kind of leveling feels in a way a kind of much more much safer and it and would say more natural kind of place to be so like you know we yes we are really kind of overrun with the kind of wrong story but like you're talking about there actually maybe as you point people to this alternative uh, that they will find actually there is kind of real safety in that alternative story yeah exactly i mean it's 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 really it's really i always find this really challenging to sort of zoom out on this stuff and in a sort of a consensus view because i think that's part of the reason we're in so much shit (laughs) because it's like you know even think like you know we live on a planet where the majority of life is more than human you know it's it's and it's always been like that you know it's just like it's a more than human world and yet we've designed over the last few hundred years a way of being and organizing which has put the human right at the center and also has has sort of developed a knowledge a way of sort of understanding the world which puts the human almost on top of everything of a sort of unknowable complex system that we you know we don't really understand we know a bit about (laughs) we know bits (laughs) we're learning more and more all the time and so that that idea of, of 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 certainty, you know, which a lot of you know these industrial structures and and now sort of you know capitalist cultures were built on this idea of you know of certainty and you know fixed logic and linear plans and and you know unfettered growth, you know, all these eternal growth, all these ideas, they they they're stories. I mean, they're constructs because they are at odds with how the more than human world operates and remember we know we live in a world that where it's it it's a more than human world <laughs> right and so that i think that's where, where we're at we're trying to sort of that's why we're sort of stuck because we keep trying to sort of use this this dominant logic which is not rooted in the complexity of a living world and that living world creates the conditions for life including human life as i say i feel i feel like there's this sort of this great sort of invitation for humility that we're being invited into at the moment. And that goes back, you know, back to your back, back to the thread on letting go. And that's what's so difficult because again, we've been particularly in the West, you know, we've been programmed to have answers to, 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 to know what to do. We're not very good at going, I don't know. <laughs> you know it's like, blimey, actually I've got no idea, but I, I feel like, you know, that's sort of where we're being invited to, to to cultivate that humility in order because actually, and again, there's this sort of really interesting thing that what happened when you actually create the conditions where not knowing and unknowing and humility are sort of valued, whether that's in an organization or whether it's in a community or whether it's in a, in a whatever level it's at, um, some really interesting things can start to happen. Like, very creative things, very generative things from letting go of the certainty and the control logic, you know, and saying, actually, 
rooting ourselves, decentering ourselves a little bit, you know, and saying, okay, well, what other knowledge is is around us that we might be and within us because i come back to the body bit i think there's also a a lot of intelligence people have in their in their bodies that we're not we don't have the practices or the permission yet in in most of culture to know how to draw on that but that's that's where i that's an that whole space i think is is uh and obviously you know lots of brilliant people exploring all of that but that sort of feels you know the, the, the you know again this slight hubris sort of idea of this sort of modern the modernity project let's call it which is being framed quite a bit that that puts humans at the top that says we're somehow pulling levers you know because we're dealing with with a a level of complexity in this living earth that we just we don't really do you know what i mean (laughs) we've never been in this position before (laughs) yeah it's interesting because like in a way and i think you sort of touched and said like that that whole story in a sense is maybe a response to an underlying fear uh, a kind of underlying kind of sort of fear or insecurity of the kind of human condition in a way and so they're layer upon layer upon layer of defenses trying to kind of make myself feel more secure safer more in charge more like it's okay i've got my handle on all the shit and of course and then it sort of it sort of scales up into these sort of all the systems that we're sort of talking about so how, how is it that in the work that you do you can create I mean, how how to create the feeling of safety enough so that people feel confident to step into a great, you know, not knowing, unknowing, whatever the thing is, you know. That's my very, it's very secret. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it's through practice, at least I think it's through practices. It's through, it's through developing practices. It, we, we can only practice our way into a new way of being. Um, we can't think our way there and we can't talk our way there. We have to develop practices. Obviously, there's there's many, many ways. But I think, again, the practices of understanding our own individual self more, the practices of understanding people around us more. So this idea of like how we learn more, you know, in community. And that can be with inside and it could be a community in an organization. It can be a community of you know fellow learners. It could be a community of place. But it's this idea, again, we're shifting from this individual, this idea that, you know, you're here to, to learn and get these to get ahead and go on your hyper individualistic journey. It's kind of more saying, well, what does it look like to sort of evolve yourself to begin to be able to understand yourself in a much more living, complex, alive way? So not just in your head, but in your body. What's it like then to learn with others? And and I think this is the really interesting thing. That's been a sort of theme with my work over the years is learning in community. And again, it's just building that kind of dynamic into, even if we're, you know, back in the day, you know, we're creating, a, trying to create a campaign or we're trying to sort of build some new platform, whatever it is. The way you do this stuff, the how, I guess, is where I'm going. Like, we can still create a culture where we're actively trying to sort of participate and bring things into the world, but we're doing it differently. We're we're listening. Uh, you know, we're quieting our cleverness. You know, we're a very clever, cleverness culture, this sort of modern culture, and we need more wisdom. You know, and wisdom is actually comes from, I, I believe wisdom is, a, you know, it's, it's, it's an experiential uh, intelligence it comes through listening it comes through lots of different inputs understanding lots of different perspectives it comes through experiences you know what i mean and i think 
So, so I think there's practices, practices that work on ourselves, practices that we're, where we're learning in community, we're learning in with a sort of peer dynamic and practices that are connecting us way more deeply to this living intelligence of the modern human world. And ultimately, you know, those building practices, which can mean, you know, can be, you know, there's extraordinary different things we can be doing. Some can just be little simple things that you might do once a week. Others are like whole new ways of showing up inside your, your org or whatever. I mean, it's, and and some of them are ancient and some of them are modern and people are remixing them. And, and that's the beauty of this work is actually, I think, you know, there's an immense possibility for sort of diversity of ideas, thinking, ways of doing it. But ultimately, I think the things are fixed is we're working on ourselves. We're working with each other. We're working back into this living world that we know very little about. And ultimately, yeah, that's that's where I get to with this work. Build the practices and the accountability that you're going to keep showing up um, and supporting each other through really difficult times, right? I mean, we need to be supporting each other. This is, we've got to get out of this singular individual mindset, but there's, there's, there's lots of possibility in that. So that's, that's where I get to. Like it's, I don't think it's rocket science, but it requires courage and commitment and vulnerability and experimentation and being okay with just not having a clue. <laughs> and uh, going down sort of strange pathways that might be a little bit fearful sometimes and you know that's where I've got to I mean that's where my I'm centering because that's the only thing that really makes sense to me now and so a lot lot of the work that you're doing now is about holding those spaces creating those creating that kind of environment where people can come together and sort of learn together and experiment together is that a lot of the work that you're doing now yeah I mean for for many years I was sort of starting to bring this into the co-creation work which is what coming out of the brand world I got very into sort of hack culture started this thing called good for nothing which was a sort of a way of bringing sort of creative energy around activists or projects of social change and sort of creating these very open uh, spaces where it was kind of challenge based but it was like we'd sort of smash the hierarchy there's no sort of hierarchy there was no money hence good for nothing it was like a, it was all a sort of gift economy idea and that became almost a and we started that in london in 20 I can't remember when it was. It's like 12 years ago now. And we do them in, in, you know, one day things. And we started doing these weekends. And they just became this laboratory, really, for a completely different way of working. But also bringing, again, this 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 more slightly deeper connection to people, the way we'd work, you know, just honouring everyone there, just being, getting rid of all the all the toxic stuff that happened in the workplace, you know, around sort of power. So an experimental way of co-creating things so there's again i guess i'm doing a lot of guiding but there's always a there's always an active element to the work i'm always trying to help people you know this becoming crews participate in the in this future it's not a passive invitation we've got to we've got to find the way that we can start to participate in this so it's kind of guiding hosting but bringing this dynamic in of of helping whether that's groups or individuals manifest things through these through these processes because that's where the learning and the change comes from you know we can sit and listen to really smart people on online and that's useful podcasts right <laughs> they're useful yeah they're useful all of this stuff these they? courses <laughs> they're useful you know they're, they're, they're useful. and i think that's me you know coming into the podcast i, I knew that's for me i there's i have to there's there's another element that's needed so the the active 
participation piece is 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 important so and i and, I, and also because i but to, i've seen it and i believe it like people everyone has an amazing gift and everyone is required i mean everyone is needed to co-create this new future it's not going to come from the top down and if it does it's going to be terrifying so the, we, we so it's like we, we, you know <laughs> yeah. it's, quick it, stop it, well let's just get involved you know is effectively the thing because the, the the you know the 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 worst thing that can happen is you learn loads of stuff right and you have some fun and you're growing you're evolving you're learning more about yourself you're learning more about others you're learning more about this intelligent more than human world which we've kind of you know built our civilization on and didn't really understand and it's like all of that all of that possibility so that for me is like there is you know it's like the joanna macy phrase that's you know it's the active hope it comes through participation not through hoping that someone sorts it out and you mentioned uh, you mentioned becoming crew in there, so we haven't uh, we haven't talked about that. And I'm sort of conscious that you, your sort of time is is probably nearing the end, so it'd be good if you can sort of explain a little bit about becoming crew. That would be really helpful, really useful. So you know, obviously, like the Spaceship Earth podcast, I was in- always intrigued by the crew uh, story of Spaceship Earth. Less about the sort of Earth as a as a machine for me. Like the Spaceship Earth is this sort of big, kind of biological, organic sort of spaceship you know we can imagine it as this sort of life-giving rock sort of hurtling through space a bit like a spaceship all spaceships have an operating system right and this operating system is called let's call it nature right let's call it the more than human world that's actually the operating system of this spaceship and we again it's like all of these species and things all the all everything is playing a role in that operating system so for me that's the the remix i've been really interested in is like hi it's not the humans right the crew is the more than humans they they've been evolving over all this time and they figured out that everything can be as weird and diverse and nuts as it wants to be but it, it's all it's all in connection in relation it's all participating in something a little bit bigger which benefits the whole that's that's the story i love of of the spaceship earth and so becoming crew for me was a phrase that came through the podcast which was like well, what does it mean what might it mean to sort of step into service? So crew don't fly, they they serve. Um, you know, they're not, they're not, they're not, no one's driving this thing. It's way bigger than us, this spaceship. But what 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 might that look like to try and find your sort of your role in this big, complex, vast sort of living crew of life on this on this spaceship Earth? And so and and becoming is a is an invitation that is you know it's a constant it's it, it you, you know you never re- it's never locked it's never you never get there it's an ongoing evolutionary invitation so that's the sort of the the metaphor that i'm playing with and the evolution of of my offerings into the world as I, as i've explained through a combination of you know burnout a, a shift in my own you know my life stage the shift in my energies um, I've been drawn more and more towards, you know, guiding and hosting. And also because I had, you know, in 2010, I did this master's program, which was an action learning master's in sustainability, um, which blew my mind because, again, it was an inquiry based way of learning. And I was like, wow, why? why 37 or something. I was like, why does it? This is like how we this is how we could be learning like you know, it's a different way of learning. And that's been a thread that I've been working with over the years. And so it was just kind of like trying to integrate all of that into something that could be useful or that I could offer into the world in this time. And so Becoming Crew has been, we've been sort of prototyping various 
types of, you know, we call them unlearning adventures. They're experiential learning. They're inquiry-based learning programs, let's call it, right, um, that are doing all of those things. They're helping people connect more deeply to, to themselves. They're helping people work and learn in a community. And we're exploring a much deeper relationship with the living world. And then we're bringing questions into that. So, you know, that might be an organizational thing. It might be a more of a creative story based thing, hence the remix <laughs> program, which we could we could speak to. But the essence is it's a sort of, I guess, a, it's 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 a the becoming crew idea is it's, it's a it's a it's a way it's a way of sort of unlearning, letting go and learning into this into this kind of you know we we use this threshold you know you're crossing in you're you're leaving the story of separation you're saying okay i get it that story of separation is like we got to let go of that story we've got to start building a different type of future for ourselves wherever we live and we bring it back to places we don't have that sort of oh we're going to change the world it's like well how can we start where we are but it's an invitation to cross and go okay well what what if the world is completely alive everything is living <laughs> how does that change things how do i how do i sort of build my thing in that context or how do i you know work with my community in that context and so that's what we're doing really with 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 becoming crew and so um so obviously the, depending on when uh our, when our listeners might be might be listening we're recording this round about kind of march april time when when you get it out ben <laughs> march april time 2027 i think this is <laughs> uh, and I, so i know when we were sort of talking in the in the kind of build up to this there's there's an offering which is which is kind of happening now starting in in early may uh, not 2027 or maybe 2027 who knows but for now just in may 2023 and uh, i was kind of really intrigued by it and so kind of signed up because it just something about it which kind of felt sort of just curious and captivating which was sort of reason enough for me to want to dive in but if you have sort of time or just to kind of share a little bit about what that program is that would be useful for me too yeah no exactly <laughs> what have i signed up for um yeah, so I guess um, there's a sort of f there's a few elements to this. So it's called the remix. <clears throat> it's a three month journey. It's convening around a piece of work which I co-authored in 2020 called Stories for Life, um, and that work was again building on lots of brilliant people who've been working, who've been exploring the kind of role of story and narrative in our cultures and how they impact the way that we design our human systems, the way that we relate to each other, sort of seeing that story and narrative are actually really, really powerful things, you know, so we often talk about, we get dragged thinking, oh, change is all about stopping that thing or, you know, uh, you know, creating these new technologies or whatever, but it's basically say, hold on a second here, the stories that we're actually carrying with us every day, the stories that we're sort of using to inform how we make sense of the world, what if actually some of those things are the problem? You know, um, it's kind of asking that question, saying, like, let's just let's become really attentive to the stories that we we don't even half the time know that we're following, you know, or that we're carrying. And what Stories for Life was doing was trying to sort of build on a lot of this great work that's been going on all over the world, which you could you might call it narrative design or story led change or whatever you want to call it. And Stories for Life was, a, you know, it was a convening uh, between myself and the Spaceship Earth. Uh, and two networks for sort of economic change. One was called the Wellbeing Economy Alliance, this, um, and one is the Green Economy Coalition. Um, and it was an exploration to say, well, what? You know, at the question that we sort of started with is, is there is there a new story, or is that what it, what is it? What's it going to take that's going to 
shift us away from really destructive economic designs now that are perpetuating these crises. And so it was an inquiry-led piece of work, went on for six months. We did all kinds of stuff, interviews, hacks, prototyping. And I co-wrote it with a, 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 an amazing uh, chap called uh, Paddy Lauman as well. Um, and we, at the end of the journey, we, we decided, you know, we'd, we'd found out quite a lot of stuff. It's a, it's a massive emergent space. But we ended up focusing in on two particular stories, right? There, there are stories that play all over the world that are, you know, causing all kinds of issues. But the, what we were really interested in is that if you think about it, stories shape the design of the systems that we create, right? So if we say we're separate from nature, we build systems and institutions and ways of organizing ourselves that see the natural world as separate from us, right? That's what we do. We you know we'll build things that will exploit um, and pollute and destroy nature because we believe we've we've imagined those systems based on that idea that we're separate from it it's a resource it's over there it's for human progress you know what i mean all of that stuff so stories for life focuses in particularly on the story of separation and what it's interested in is like how might we evolve that relationship with the natural world through our cultural stories over the coming years so that we start to create a culture that sees the living world as part of our extended family right doesn't see at the moment we 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 have this phrase we see the natural world as a, as a kind of slave to human progress right the way we treat it it's kind of that sort of mechanic so what would it look like if we paid attention to that story those stories and obviously there are millions of stories that are weaving that story of separation so it's so it's it's focusing on, on on that relationship with nature. What what will it take for us to move to what our ancient ancestors and indigenous brothers and sisters always know, which is we're the babies. <laughs> you know, it's like we came last. You know, the trees are our elders, the plants are our elders, the soils. <clears throat> what would it take for us to start to see to, to to sort of bring forth a culture, modern cultures that had that level of understanding that the way we related to the world, and therefore how would that then shape how we'd start designing? structures systems you know whatever if we were working at that level so it focuses on that story and the other story it it, it looks at particularly and they're interlinked is the story of how we measure success in this modern western driven cultures you know and it's the story of productivity and that story of productivity again you can unpack it you could say you know a nation level it's gdp which measures nothing of any value it just it's a number it doesn't tell you like the destruction that's caused to create that number we do it in a, at a business level that you spoke to you know the metric of, of growth and, and productivity is is pretty much always at the center uh, we do it in education you know beat you know get the grades win get above everyone we do it in our culture who's accumulating the most stuff who's got you know it's all about it's a quantification uh, metric that drives how we measure success in our culture so what would it look like if we measured success by the well-being of all life humans and more than human if that's how we measure the success if we took that metric now we said well how well are we doing as a culture if our success was based on the well-being of of humans and all life i think we'd go we're totally failing right it's like we, we, we you know, we're living in a sick culture i mean it's like you know the the health issues the the, the environmental issues so we're basically saying like you know what would it look like over the years if we began to story in our culture that you know helped that shift occur so that we start to create and grow cultures that recognize that the health of all life is the fundamental 
driver of success. You know, if, if life is unwell, if my neighbor is sick, if there are people on the street who have nowhere to sleep, if the rivers are full of shit, <laughs> you know, if the air is toxic, how can we possibly be in a successful culture? You know, so those are what stories for life. And there's a lot in it. There's eight chapters online. It's a big, dense bit of work. But it was there to, as a, an offering to people working with story to say, well, look, and again, I'm not cl- we, all we've done is weaved a lot of amazing people's work and we've tried to make it a bit more accessible. Right. So there, there was re- it was really a sort of curation, making sense, opening something up. So it's a it's a it's an offering to people that are, are working more intentionally with story to, to consider, OK, well, what would that look like for me like as a business or as a person? How would I how are we storing the natural our relationship with nature or how do we think of success? You know, and how do we talk about that? And what we begin to do is we notice that in our culture, it's we perpetuate constantly and it's very destructive these these stories again they might have been useful a, a, a long time ago or at moments in our evolutionary time but now we know these stories are destructive we can't keep treating the natural world as a slave we can't keep putting productivity as the metric of success because we're just they're interlinked the more you drive productivity the more oppression death occurs whether it's to the natural world whether it's to people that are sitting under these systems so that's what stories for life is and then this version the remix is basically saying okay we're going to work with those two story evolutions we're going to convene uh, a bunch of people who are curious about this thing and their own their own kind of creative inquiries their own working with story and again you know we're all working with story we're we are using story to navigate the world every day whether we're a whether we're a you know an educator whether we're holding spaces whether we're you know working in business whether we're properly in a more sort of creative discipline but we're all using story whether we're writing and so the invitation is to convene those and to go on this three-month kind of really dynamic action learning uh, journey which will be quite expansive at the start but then will lead to some manifest everyone's going to manifest something through this process and then we're building on the foundation uh, practices to learn in community practices to connect more deeply with the natural world around where everyone lives so we're going to really deepen our connection to the places we call home during that three months and we're bringing in provocation from a range of you know i i'm so excited about who has agreed to come and guest on this and for me many of them have been on the podcast and not all of them but they i believe they are for me they're people that are working with really really important parts of this not just and also offering us lots of challenge with like beware of story as well right it's not all like (laughs) that's the thing with this it's complex and there's a desire to find what's the new story but i guess we're also holding perspectives which might make us also understand particularly with um, our guest, Bayaka Malafe, who does a lot of really beautiful, important work around this idea of, again, like when we, when we story the world through a human dimension all the time, there's so much that's, that's sitting underneath that story that is not recognized or is, is being oppressed or is, is not part of the beauty, you know? And so, and again, we come back to this idea of we live in a world that is more than human. So there's watch outs as well about, how do we think about this stuff? But that's that's the idea. It's three months. Um, uh, applications are piling in. It's we're really excited, and people, just you know, brilliant people like yourself, Ben. And um, it's going to be. I mean, it's you know, it's going to. It's we've timed it at that time of the year as well in the Northern Hemisphere. The idea is May to July, particularly because that is going back to growth. That is a time of growth. 
you know that's the time where things are growing where there's experimentation that's happening in the in the living world there's lots of kind of like there's there's courage there's creative courage at play out out in in the landscapes and so we want to sort of try and tune into that um and and help everyone actually you know dance off that energy that's going to be going on at the time and the guests will be bringing sort of inspiration and challenge and they'll be and and the idea is that it will be co-creative because all of these elements the peers that you're learning with the question that you're exploring the 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 content that the guests are offering the deeper connection practices out into the more than human world all of that is going to be sort of adding something into the process so it's it's quite experimental as you can see but um but um but we're yeah excited and and yeah so if we can help if we can help more people you know come through a process like this and create community through it because again it's like this crew dynamic of working with others um you know we've seen what that can do and it's it's beautiful and it allows us then to you know we're we're working again at a different relational level it's not just what am i going to get out of this it's more like what what are we collectively going to weave through this through this through this time together i suppose there's a couple of uh, just a couple of sort of concluding thoughts the, that idea of weaving in a way that's kind of this podcast is a response to jeremy lent talking about the idea that we all have a kind of responsibility or opportunity to help weave new story into culture and so this was like like i thought well i'll do a kind of podcast as my sort of my little contribution to that and then and the other the thing what, what you're sort of talking there about the, uh, the the kind of program the unlearning adventure i mean it sounds sort of really exciting for me the kind of invitation to kind of really get to know the immediate kind of um, sort of nature environment, like what is happening on the land outside here is a really, really kind of intriguing one. And one of the other kind of things, which I guess just a sort of funny thing, it's kind of interesting in a sense, you know, we started this conversation talking about your podcast and then it's really beautiful to hear how actually the kind of podcast guests coming into this work that you're doing and how, you know, there is a weaving together of all of this and it kind of, it feels like a, if, you know, I, I guess I can really sort of feel the kind of emergent nature of that it feels quite inspiring oh but it's, you know, it is and it's true it's it's been you know it, it, there is a sort of integration of these these inquiries and these strands of experimentation i've been on over the you know sort of 16 odd years really of intentional and i do feel that this now with you know the, the podcast and trying to bring these learning journeys together becoming crew it's, it's absolutely that because yeah, they're, they're, as I say, there's a, there's a weave. There's something that's sort of starting. You know, there's there's these relationships now, and that feels like a place to for me to be able to work from. And I'm just really excited because as I say it's like I, I really believe in in that like new ways of learning are such a big part of uh, of how we're going to sort of like navigate our way <laughs> through these mysterious times. And there are there is you know there are and that's what I mean. And it's not. It's not the sort of teacher pupil idea. It's like the intelligence is everywhere. It's in the it's in the crew that gather and go on the journey. It's in the guests. It's in the silence. It's in the spaces. It's in the more than human world. There is all this intelligence, and that's what we're trying to do is 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 create this journey that that can open us up to all of that because that that feels exciting. Like we have we have so much intelligence that we're not drawing on, and we're stuck in this idea that we've got to find it, you know, through the current system. And so where where will people find find more information and obviously i'll include it all in the show notes when it goes live in april 2027 but assuming it happens before that uh where 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 will people find more information i mean um i mean if you're interested in the in in the remix you, uh go to becomingcrew.com forward slash the remix and 
there's a whole um there's a lot of detail on on what this invitation is all about there is a quite short sort of little application which is kind of useful to do because it kind of gets you thinking about okay is this for me by actually answering these questions um and then you can book a call uh, with myself or ever or mark who are the other guides that are guiding these journeys with me um and you can have a you know just a riff to sort of again figure out if it's for you or not um so that's that's the probably the best way of uh, of, of connecting in great well i shall uh, include links to all of that obviously in the in the kind of notes that goes with it and i've really looked forward to joining the journey and thank you very much for uh, talking to me today that's brilliant thanks ben i, I uh, it's, it's, it's quite rare for me to have a ramble on the other on the other on the other end uh, <laughs> <that's> quite, <laughs> the other so, end of the mic yeah exactly just have to sort of like you know i didn't have to ask any questions like oh god what am i gonna oh god how's this gonna go you know so, so thanks for that i, I enjoyed that opportunity i hope you enjoyed that conversation with dan as much as I enjoyed having it. I appreciate I probably say that quite often, but I really did uh, enjoy that with, with Dan. Like I, I was talking about, you know, beforehand, and we sort of touched on loads of the ideas which Dan talks to feel really resonant for me. You know, the need to move away from a story of growth to a story of change, I might kind of talk about it as. The idea of kind of connecting back in, entangling back in is a word which he obviously touched on here and, you know, talks a lot about in his work. It's the idea of kind of entangling back into the more than human world around us, entangling back into a world with our peers, with our colleagues, with our friends, whoever it may be. This idea of kind of entangling feels really inspiring to me. As ever, if you like this conversation, if you think somebody would benefit from hearing it, please do share it. That is the lifeblood of what we're doing. And if you're interested in these conversations more generally, search up peripheral-thinking.com and you will go to the source of all things podcast there. You can sign up uh, to be kept up to date with new conversations as they come. Uh, And until next time, thank you and goodbye.